Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here on Friday morning after a disappointing loss. But I again, Kyle and I actually haven't really talked about this game at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a late one for us. And so I go on right to bed. Uh, from from my perspective, I guess there's there's a couple talking points, but I, I think it's a disappointing loss because it's a loss and because of how it went. Uh, yep. I would say, though, definitely a better Vikings team this week than last week. I think so in some... I don't know if I agree with that. Um, parts of it were better, but, I mean, you think, like, the run defense against the Buccaneers is actually really good. Uh, yep. The run defense against the Eagles was not very good. Now, there are reasons for that. Uh, but, I mean, there are kind of these like, kind of glaring spots that were kind of like, I mean, but Cousins was way better, for instance. Cousins, I thought, performed way better in Thursday Night Football than he did last Sunday at noon. So, for whatever that means to you in terms of your, not you individually, Sam, but, you know what I mean, in terms of how you understand Cousins and how he performs throughout the year. So, I, I actually don't know if I, I believe that. I mean, both games i think we're really under if you're a vikings fan you're stepping away from both games really underwhelmed primarily due to the turnovers i would say obviously yeah and i think we'll get to that and i i guess i hear what you're saying that there there certainly were peeps pieces that were better uh felt encouraged about the start also when you take opponent into consideration right. uh and the road factor as well and the road factor. The eagles in their house it's a big deal Thursday night yeah it's I I actually felt good about a lot of the Vikings play which is why it's disappointing again turnovers are the biggest story I want to talk about that I want to talk about one turnover in specific um one of if not maybe the worst rule in football the Jefferson touchback where it's a great play great drive you're feeling really good going into the half Second yeah. week in a row where you're going to the half and you end up having a play that, um, that before we had the, the interception to Osborne. Now we've got this fumble. Um, I understand it's a rule. I also feel like it's one of those rules that um, maybe you can explain a little bit because I understand that there are there's some rationale behind it. But when you look at the play, it just doesn't make sense. No, I don't think the penalty fits the crime, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like such a stark or such a dramatic, rather, um, penalty for the mistake that's made. I mean, if that ball had gone out of bounds at the one, not not through the end zone, but out of bounds, it would have been Vikings football, right? And, they would have had the, and that, I mean, that was initially the ruling, right? You know, Vikings at the one. Um, and so you have that moment there where it's like it's 10 to 7 right now for the Eagles. Jefferson has just been taken down at the one, tries to extend. Originally they call it oh he fumbled at the one, still Vikings football, a few seconds left. Decent chance, no guarantee. One yard line, good to Eagles defense, but decent chance you're going up 14-10 going into the half. And then you come out of that, you go into the half instead 13-7. And then after a few minutes in the third quarter, it's 27 to 7. You know, just this kind of dramatic kind of spiral you know for the vikings where they just couldn't stop the bleeding right and you know jefferson was he was tapping his chest and it's my bad 
it was as bad in some ways, but it's also like this Vikings team is not quite there yet. And I, I this isn't meant to be an overreaction. I, I think I put this in writing prior to the season. This is this is just not going to be their year, even though I do think they'll be an average, like above average team. I think they're better than average, in fact. Um, these kinds of mistakes, the rule is stupid. I'll be the first to admit, but like, if that was an isolated incident, maybe we could be more upset. But Brandon Powell's fumbling, Alexander Madison's fumbling, her cousins is fumbling. At the end, at the end of the game, there, uh, Alexander Madison fumbled again. Were it not for an offside penalty against Philly, that would have counted as a another another fumble. So I mean, you know, the, and and you know, go back to obviously week one. So I agree, it's a stupid rule. It kind of feels like the kind of thing that in the offseason, the competition committee will meet and say, you know what, this is dumb. And we're going to change it. And it's such a Vikings thing to have a rule be dumb and like basically not really effective at all, right? It just so kind of off the wall and, and peculiar happens to the Vikings. And they say, oh my gosh, that is strange. Let's let's change it now after it comes back to to kind of bite the Vikings. That's just such a Minnesota Vikings thing to happen. But I would find it hard to be overly upset about that one individual play. Even though I think the rule is stupid, for sure. It, yeah. Again, you talk about uh, if you can isolate it, you can. But if not, like again, that was yeah, that was the third turnover of the game at that point. Three, but that, that's the half in, in one half. half. And oh, then, crap. Um, like this is how I know it, like that it's a dumb rule. Is that like I was sitting there and I was like, if this was to happen to the Eagles, like if the reverse was to happen, I would still think it's stupid. And again, yeah, I'm I'm coming at it a bit more objective than you are because you're more yeah. of a Vikings fan. But yeah, I was sitting there, it's just like, it's like again, I think one of the things that's hard with rules is that sometimes we, uh, it's helpful to have black and white rules because it makes it easier for the ref. Uh, but I'm I would love for context to be able to be understood in some of these situations, and I know it's hard and it's hard to start making kind of. Um, exceptions or or whatever but it just when you look at the play it just like you said punishment doesn't fit the crime uh and and so maybe let's just from that can take a little bit of a bigger angle here and um the turnovers have been the story it my math at least seven at this point on the season for the vikings in the first two games um yeah I, I think I think it's seven to one. I think the I think, Vikings have forced one turnover and committed seven. And like I think that's the it's part brutal. It's part of the reason I think this has been so disappointing is that again, both one score games uh the Vikings have been in. And yep. it does feel while there is some challenges, we can talk about the offensive line, which got um but well, both lines really I think got beat last night. Uh, yeah, that's right. not, it's yeah. not really up for discussion. Like it's that, that was clear yep. and that's a roster construction. Uh, the Vikings offense, I felt like adapted well in the second half to be able to manage that. So that's one of the issues, but by and large, it feels like the Vikings have been, and again, not to, it's not taking away from the opponents, but they have been beating themselves a little bit. Um, so far yep. that's, that's what turnovers do. And yeah. That is incredibly frustrating as a fan. Yeah. I mean, you're basically just, you know, the NFL is competitive enough to um, 
you know, if you don't contribute to your own demise, you're still going to fall from time to time. You're still going to get beat. And that's just how it goes. Uh, if you're actively contributing to your own defeat on like a weekly basis, and we only get two weeks, but that's been the case so far. Well, you know, I, I just don't know what you expect in the NFL. I don't expect in a professional sports league. Like, of, of course, you're going to have to. And I mean, everyone makes mistakes. We're still playing a game with humans. Every team makes mistakes. Like, that's just that's just part of life kind of thing. So, but the big mistakes and obvious ones and repeated mistakes, when we know that the margin is so slim for a team like the Vikings, um, keep in mind too, Sam, you know, I tweeted this out and write about it as well. I've written about it during free agency. Vikings didn't sign any, any offensive linemen except for their own during the draft. Didn't draft any offensive linemen undrafted free agents. Signed two, both were cut. The Vikings, this Vikings decided we are not adding any offensive linemen. Essentially, I know they added David Bustenberry and he came in last last night. He is a veteran journeyman who is basically your OT3 or OT4, OT3, I guess, your, your third offensive tackle uh, who you drafted or who you signed, excuse me, like at the end of the summer. This, this is what you've done to. So to me, this would be akin to like the Minnesota Wilds. You know that the defense was an issue last year, and so you signed a number eight defenseman, you know, coming out of training camp. And then you're concerned about getting throttled by a ferocious Eagles defense. Like, it's just, like, entirely predictable. Everyone can see this, right? And all this crap about continuity, like, yes, it's important, but to think it's this cure-all, oh, man, I I don't know. I don't know. That was a a poor look for the Vikings last night. Yeah. No, it it was. Like, and again – you knew that coming into the game that it was going to be a challenge. Like you see oh, yeah. a Fletcher Cox come off. You're like, Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you, and the thing is he's, he's just one of many. It's not just Fletcher Cox. No, no. It's all those dudes. It's just, it's everyone. And you just see, like, I just, you watch the, like it was, it was, it was a little bit comical, honestly, to watch the offensive line. Like you, you could see it was like the ball was snapped and it was like, Oh boy, like what do we do? Yeah. Like, can we keep the cousins yeah. like up for three seconds? Like it was yeah, it, it was um it was hard. And it again, what we there's there's I do feel like by and large the Vikings did do a good job, but um uh, the turnovers are hard, especially like the Madison fumble, like you just had that interception, and then like yeah. the first play, I was just like, Oh, it it's yeah. um it's hard. So Again, today we're actually we're going to keep things brief a little bit today. I'm curious uh, for you though, if you can pull any positives. Again, I I think one of the clear ones is, is Justin Jefferson. Uh, like to have a guy that you can throw the ball to basically every time, and and it feels like the Vikings are doing a fantastic yeah. job of keeping him open. Um, yeah, that feels like a positive. Addison getting another yeah. touchdown on a on a bit of a a go yeah. route. Uh, like yeah. that is really encouraging to see. Uh, anything else from you that you you want to touch on? I mean, the skill is still there. The foundation is flawed. The lines aren't good enough, right? But the skill is there, and it's abundant. Jefferson and Addison are who you're building around. Hawkinson as well. You know, had a couple scores yesterday. So that trio, those pass catchers, those are who you're building around, alongside Brian O'Neill, Christian Darisaw. You know, and so on. That's that's kind of where this team is going. It's where they are right now, and it's where they're going. So that's encouraging. Obviously, especially since Darius Slay 
really did get the better of Jefferson last year. And I know there are factors there beyond just Slay versus Jefferson. It was also what was going on up front. It was it was that that decline putting pressure on Cousins and, and the pass is just not being there. Not necessarily even Cousins' fault. Jefferson, I thought, looked really locked in. Like, I think he wanted this matchup. And there were a couple times I thought even more Slay with, excuse me, really good coverage. Jefferson was still making a play. 13 targets, 11 catches, 159 yards. And so through two games, he's up over 300 yards now. If he can, if he continues this pace, which he won't, you can't average 150 yards a game. If he were to continue this pace, he'd smash every single season receiving record going. 150 yards a game is off the charts. Uh, and so fantastic stuff from him. Addison, obviously, really disappointing to see Osborne drop a couple. Um, I don't know if we're getting to the point where the guys are just feeling like they're doing too much, but that was disappointing. The other really encouraging note was just simply that I thought Daniel Hunter obviously was fantastic. Three sacks. Uh, I mean, there was, you know, he's a little bit quieter in, in certain stretches there, but like, give this man some help, for goodness sake. You know, D- Davenport is hurt again. Uh, he's just been hurt through his career kind of thing. You know what I mean? And again, this is one that I just wrote about to the point of being, I'm sure it's annoying. Like, add more pass rushers. Please, add more pass rushers. They need more help. Yes, Hunter's excellent. Yes, Davenport has potential. It's like, you just like, you just can't have too many goal scorers in hockey. You can't have too many three-point shooters in basketball. Like, you just, please, like, add more pass rushers and they just don't. And I know there are constraints. I know. I get it. Like, you can't just add to infinity. But um, in any case, a little disappointing. A little disappointing. Daniel Hunter with three sacks, though. Fantastic. And 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 I my last point here, Sam, before I kind of hand it off to close things up here, unless you have any amazing questions or thoughts, but depending on how things go, the year might devolve into just cheering on individual stats. Cheering on Jefferson being a beast and getting like 150 yards a game, cheering on Hunter being a beast, and you know, just being, you know, this monster who piles up sacks, right? Or maybe Addison, you know, having, you know, a really nice rookie season. Um, if the trend persists, that's where this this year is going. Um, but we'll see. For sure. Yeah. It um I I agree. I think there's there's pauses there, but I think the issues that people were aware of in the offseason continue to be the issues that Here they exist. Are. Um yep. so I'll ask this final question. Uh yep. Before I end up with a stat, and then and then we'll we'll wrap up. Yeah. Uh, saw Brian O'Neill restructure this week. Lots of talk yes. about do the Vikings make a move after week one? Now you've got you're after technically week two for the Vikings, although no one else has played besides the the Eagles. Yes or no? Do we see a move this week? And a and a move? I think that's I'll, I'll say a move that's significant enough that someone is battling for the starting position. I would think they, I would think that Quasi Dofermensa, the Vikings leadership, thinks long and hard about Dalton Risner. Risner, not sure he pronounced his last name. Um, starting experience, position flexibility. Oli Guto's injury. He gets, I, I'm not a, a medical doctor. I don't know what happened uh, necessarily. I don't know how long he's going to be out. But when you get brought off in a cart, it looks bad. And. So Chris Reed is already injured. Christian Darisaw is battling the ankle. So just do the math here, Sam. And, and, and especially within this context, what we just said, yep. no draft picks. 
right? You still hold like no, no freedom signing signings apart from your own. The two UDFAs, they're freaking gone. So I would think you have to sign someone, don't you? Just you got to have the big fellas. You have to. So and especially, I mean, the one good thing in a sense, the tiny little slip of hope is just that here we are Friday. They play Sunday. It's kind of like a mini bye week. If you sign somebody maybe on Saturday or Sunday, you can kind of have a full week, kind of get them acclimated. Right. It's not as good as an offseason, obviously, but it's maybe better than if you played on Sunday, signed a guy on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then, you know what I mean? Like there's a little bit more of a, a lead up. So maybe that's positive. But yeah, I, I keep an eye on this. I mean, this is uh, not ideal for the Vikings. No, that's a kind way of putting it. Not ideal. Um, just want to touch Je- Justin Jefferson again. Tyreek Hill was make, made some comments about being the first 2K receiving yards yeah, receiver yeah. ever. Yeah, uh, maybe Jefferson does it. Again, I feel like the record's a little bit, it's interesting because they've moved to 17 versus yeah, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to do it in 16 games, to use that 125 yards average for the season. So, you know what? You have, he, you have a few honestly, more games like could... this. He could average 125 a game. He's he legitimately could. You know what? It's but again, I think all of us would say rather have team success. But if it does get to that spot, then maybe that's what you're yeah. cheering for. So yeah, uh, cool. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks everyone for listening. Check out purpleptsd.com, vikingsterritory.com. Got the Chargers uh, a week from Sunday. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> don't start zero three. But again, a. a a challenging opponent so we'll see what the vikings do and what they're able to to do to adapt yeah. moving forward uh but eric kendrick's coming back to the bank yeah 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 well uh right in pen you got a few sacks coming um <laughs> that's right eric kendrick's is gonna freaking light up the vikings yeah yeah yeah, yeah all okay. right well take care everyone have a good week bye